0: You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Rutledge. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Well, uh, it is an honor uh, to be with you guys this morning. I always uh, think it's so incredible that I get to share with you. And uh, just again, wanted to say Happy Father's Day to everyone Uh, I was lying. I'm not a morning person, uh, so anytime I get up in the morning, I get to just lay in bed, and just be cozy. Uh, I like that because I don't like getting up. But I was thinking this morning. I was like, "Man, you ever think does Jesus, uh, does God the Son and Jesus ever say Happy Father's Day to God the Father? (laughs) You ever think about that? Like maybe like I'm thinking in heaven like." Jesus rolls out this big Happy Father's Day banner for God the Father, and then Joseph walks in, and then it's really awkward. uh, I guess I didn't raise you for 18 years, but okay. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, You know, Father's Day is a great day. Uh, It's a source of joy for many, but... And if you're celebrating a day, we acknowledge that and we say Happy Father's Day to you. But for me, and I know some of you, we didn't grow up with fathers and it can be also a day of sorrow and hurt. And so we're with you with that as well. Um, So we can always uh, come to worship together and and celebrate our Heavenly Father who um, leads the way in in all, all fathership, right? Uh, let's get started in prayer before we uh, kick, get into it. Father, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, fear of the trespasses of our fathers like to their sons and their sons to their fathers, as we give those who trespass against us. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the great trial. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, so as Jason mentioned, uh, we're, we started this series on the book of Acts, um, tentatively titled From the Ground Up. We're going to be going through, uh, as mentioned, um, looking at some of these um, uh, the, the, the stories and, and what the early church did as they formed and became um, the people of God. You know, it's kind of interesting to think about um, when they first got started, What we're looking in the book of Acts, maybe a couple hundred people at most when they were starting this. Um, You know, it's really easy for us to gather today, you know, 2,000 years later, because we've got a billion plus people backing us up. But they had, you know, maybe 100 people, and they were a fringe group, and they were just trusting that God was going to show up and bless what they were doing. And uh, it's really a remarkable story. I was just thinking about that this week. Um, Like we were saying, you know, the Bible is one uh, one story, one unified story that all points to Jesus. And, And part of what the Bible does is we're looking at God's march through human history. We talked about that last week. And it doesn't end just at the book of Acts. It continues uh, on as we we continue to march through history with God uh, and, and we pointed out last week that a lot of what 's going on in the Old Testament or the Hebrew scriptures is kind of a shadow of what 's to come with Jesus and, and and what he's going to reveal to us and, and we see these hints of new creation uh, of throughout the Bible and especially in, in, in the New Testament as we march towards that that goal and and it all really points to the kingdom of God, God's kingdom. And God's kingdom is one of great surprise, right? It's, it, his kingdom is uh, it's often referred to as the upside-down kingdom. There's an upside-down nature to God's kingdom, right? You think about the first becoming last, the second-born son getting the inheritance. Uh, and there's just uh, lots of those examples throughout the Bible. And it's also a kingdom of great reversal, Right? Uh, You know, the disciples, like we talked last week about Octavian and and Caesar Augustus, right? Uh, You know, they believed, and and also, you know, the disciples, they believed that power came from position, right? So, as we were going through the book of Mark earlier uh, this year, we were seeing that the disciples kept on, you know, clinging to this idea of being restored to power, being put in a position of governance, earthly governance because that was their idea of how they could have power and how they could change things. But Jesus is giving them power without position, right? He's giving them the power of the Holy Spirit so that they can do otherworldly things without any position at all. They're just a band of fringe religious group and they morph this thing into a legacy where Jesus is still being worshiped every week as we gather together as his church. It's quite remarkable. And, and as we look at uh, the book of Acts, right, what we're going to see is that uh, the, the disciples and, and, and God, they're connecting all the dots for us, right? They're going to show us how all of these things have been play, uh, coming together and converging. For God's glory and for the revelation of God's kingdom, and if you have a Bible today or an app, uh, we're going to start in Genesis 11. We're going to go back before we get into the book of Acts. I want to show you show you something, some of these dots that God's connecting in his uh, in his kingdom for us. And Genesis 11, as you turn there or open up your Bibles or follow along on the screen with us, and there or open up your Bibles or follow. it's uh, you might be familiar. It's about the Tower of Babel. Uh, So let's just get started here. Now, the entire earth was was of one language and common words. As people moved into the east, they found a valley in the region of Babylonia, Shinar, and they lived there. They said one to his neighbor, come, come on, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. So they had brick in place of stone and tar in place of cement. And they said, come on, let's build ourselves a town and a tower with its top into the heavens and let's make a name for ourselves so we, don't, so we won't be dispersed over the face of the entire earth. But Yahweh, he went down to see the town and the tower that the human beings had made. And Yahweh said, here are one people with one language for all of them, and this is the first thing they do. So now, nothing that they make or scheme to do is closed off for them. Come on now, let's go down and make a babel of their language there. So one person won't be able to hear his neighbor's language. So Yahweh dispersed them from there all over the face of the entire earth. And they left off the building from the town. They left off the building from the town. And that's why its name is Babel. Because there, Yahweh made a babel of their language of the end of the entire earth. And from there, Yahweh dispersed them over the face of the entire earth. So a couple of observations. We might ask ourselves... Um, what would they have done if they had actually made it to heaven? Like, was that their actual goal, right? You ever think about that? And would they have been happy if they had made it there, right? They, the whole project that they start with is just to protect them. It's for their own safety. Uh, they don't do it as a, a, an honor to God or for his glory. Um, they do it for their own safety. They're afraid that somebody else is gonna come in and disperse them. So their worst fear is, is actually what happens to them, though it happens by God's hand, not by somebody else's hand, right? And, and they're thinking of themselves, and the whole episode about the Tower of Babel is born from fear, so, right? They, they, they built this tower to prevent, to prevent being scattered, and then it happens anyways. And we might also ask on Father's Day, why doesn't God just let them do it, right? I don't know, if you're a father, you might relate to this, right? There are lots of times, um, when my kids start doing something, and I know it's just not gonna work, but I just let them do it because they can learn, right? <laughs> I don't need to stop them. They're gonna, <laughs> there's no way they're gonna build a tower to the heavens. Go ahead, go for it, right? <laughs> Why doesn't God just let them do it and, and fall on their faces, right? And it's not like, as far as we know, maybe there's, there's something, it's not like they could actually breach the gates of heaven. Um, But but we're not really sure. Uh, you know. Lots of stories like this in the Bible, lots of these accounts uh, of God interacting are there to help us raise questions, not necessarily to settle debates. They're there to interact with us and give us questions to think about as we work with God through these things. But I think it goes back to Eden, right? You see, uh, God had already built a bridge between the heavens and the earth, right? And then we fractured it at, at Eden, right? That was the original merging of heaven and earth there in Eden. And then uh, as we move through history, God uh, gives us glimpses of that restructuring of he, uh, heaven and earth, that reconnecting where he gives us the temple, right? And that the temple represents the merging of heaven and earth, the re-merging of heaven and earth. In fact, part of the temple uh, it, it was built to kind of symbolize this merging of heaven and earth, this, this back to Eden uh, symbolism, right? So they have dirt in the ground of the temple as it goes up to the Holy of Holies and then meets the gold, uh, uh, the gold uh, banisters and all of the, the, the gold work there as this symbolism of heaven and earth meeting there uh, where God meets us. So God is strategically, as we look through the Bible from beginning to end and, and from his story, he is strategically moving us through history and back to this uh, Eden, right? The, the whole Bible is, is, is um, bookmarked by these two trees, the trees in Eden. And then if you go to Revelation, you see the tree of life there again as well. But the people in, Bab, uh, in Babel, right, they're trying to build their own kingdom. And, and, and it's a kingdom of fear, And it's a kingdom, and God's kingdom doesn't work that way, right? God's kingdom is going to be built on a different foundation. I think that's why he stunted their mission there at Babel, right? You see, Babel was built on the same stuff that all earthly kingdoms are built on, right? Position, wealth, and it's bound to fail as all earthly kingdoms eventually do. And as God marches through human history with us, he doesn't rely on position for his power. He doesn't need to be a have a certain person in the White House or uh, as the king of some other country, right? He doesn't need any of our wealth or position or status to accomplish his goals, right? You guys agree with that? With fallen with me? He doesn't need a tower uh, as as they built. But as he removes to reunite us to him, you know, as he reunites heaven and earth with us, that's right, his, his, his prayer, the Lord's prayer. So on <clears throat> so on earth as in heaven, right? His kingdom is not gonna be built out of fear for our neighbor, uh, a fear of someone coming to scatter us, but love for our neighbor, right? And so the Jewish commission uh, that God gave in, 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 to the Jewish people, the Israelites, right, was uh, Father Abraham, right? You remember, at Father's Day, we're talking about Father Abraham. And what was that promise that he gave to Father Abraham? That all nations are gonna be blessed through you. Now, uh, they didn't always understand what that meant, um, but we're starting to, as they move in uh, to a better understanding, as the disciples move throughout the book of Acts, they start to understand it, right? That all nations are gonna be blessed uh, because of Jesus, right? Because Jesus comes from the line of Father Abraham. So we're going to get into Acts, Acts 2 today, um, and I'm reading from the NLT, and you can follow along with us. It says, one day, on the day of Pentecost, all of the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And then what looked like flames of tongues or fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Has God shown, um, the, there's lots of depths to this story and we're just touching on one, but one of the, the layers is you know God showing up in fire and wind, right? We've seen that before. That's a, uh, we've seen shadows of that before when, when the burning bush meets Moses or when the fire and cloud uh, lead the Israelites out, out of Egypt. It says, verse five, at that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. And when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee. And yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and the province of Asia, Phyra, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And here we are, and we all hear these people speaking in our own language about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, They're just drunk, that's all. They're just junk. They're just crazy people, right? This crazy fringe of a couple hundred people, if that. They're, you know, speaking in tongues and different languages and everyone's hearing them and they're proclaiming all these great things about God. They're just drunk, right? But see, God is marching through hamstring and he's bringing about his kingdom in surprising ways, right? And we, what we're seeing here, um, at least one thing we're seeing here, one of the dots that God is connecting us is this great reversal see uh, before when we tried to gather together and work together we were building out of fear and we God didn't want us to use the same language but here because God's kingdom is different and now he's ready to let us move forward into that blessing it's the kingdom of great reversal he's reversing what happened in Genesis 11 at the Tower of Babel and now he's setting it right. Now is the time, right? See, because God's kingdom is not going to be built for a tower of fear, right? It's going to be for all nations and tongues, and it's going to be built from the ground up by the Spirit of God. I want to rest, right, <clears throat> on this thought for a moment. Because, you know, some of us, maybe all of us, um, you know, we're talking, Jason was talking about how these, these aren't just stories for us to kind of consume and to reflect on, though they are that. Um, this is God's actual movement in human history. And it doesn't end there, right? So, part of seeing what God is doing in that great reversal from uh, Genesis 11 to now getting the tongues of fire, right? To now the Holy Spirit coming and resting on us as a people is a great reversal, right? Because that is what God's kingdom is about, right? We need the Spirit of God to give us new breath. And especially, um, you know, this week as we remove some of our masks. Some of you guys have not been, you know, taking great care of your breath, so just keep that in mind as you remove those masks this week. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Ruined the moment, right? You don't, you don't need the Spirit of God for a tic-tac. You can do that on your own. But, (laughs) yeah, I debated that one. Went with it. (laughs) Yeah, that's what happens. All right. We're going to rest on that one for a moment. All right, well, we do need the Spirit of God to give us new breath, right? Right? Because... uh, you know, we, did God show up last week? Were you guys here last week? Did God show up? That's right. Um, but we don't want that to be a one-time thing. We want God to continue to show up with us. And we want to show up with him, right? Right? We don't need to build a tower, uh, right? Because he's brought heaven down to us. He's bridged that gap. When, when he goes up on the cross, he is bridging that gap. He is inaugurating his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven, right? And we're seeing this great reversal. What was once impossible for men is now possible through his kingdom and his power, through the power of God and his spirit, right? And that's why he teaches us to pray that way, so in heaven as on earth, right? So, God is still marching through human history. It doesn't end with Acts 28. It doesn't end with Revelation 20. Well, I guess it kind of does end Revelation twenty-twenty, but, <laughs> but it doesn't end, right, with, with, with us just reading the Bible, right? We are here to make a difference. We're here to help God as, in this great reversal, right? What is the, the great reversal that needs to happen in your life, right? I know there's something, and maybe, maybe you are in a good position right now. Maybe you are like what Paul says, if you're, you're in a position of strength, maybe you need to stand into the gap. You need to be the one that's praying for the great reversal for our neighbors here that are asking for a breakthrough that came forward, and the ones that, uh, that didn't come forward, the, one, the silent requests, Right? or in our community, what is the great reversal that needs happen here, right? We've got lots of problems in our communities, right? Homelessness, broken families. We see that in our own community here as we gather as the Mission Redlands, right? So I want you guys to start to think about what is the great reversal that you wanna see happen either in your life or in the life of your church family or in the life of this community, as we move forward, as we think about all the things that God could reverse, right? That God can set right. I don't have a lot left for you, and I'm gonna invite the band back, uh, back up. But just, let's just take a moment of silence, right? And reflection, and just kind of think. You know, think about, and again, if there's not something in particular that you need to see, Think about your, your friends and people sitting next to you. What do they need to have turned around? What, what is broken in our families and in our marriages that needs to be reversed, that we need the Spirit of God to come and rest upon us and give us a new fire and new breath to turn around? What is the, the broken relationship with your father, your mother, that needs to be reversed? Or with our kids or with, with our church family, right? Maybe you've gotten a, uh, you know, there, there's something between you and another friend or your neighbor. Whatever it is. Uh, if you're just tired of seeing people hurt in our community, let's stand in the gap and pray for the great reversal of those things. I don't, we don't know all the answers. We don't have all of the solutions. But it begins with prayer. It begins with asking God, inviting that fire and that spirit of God to come and rest on us once again, not just today, but every day as we fight these battles, as we stand in the gap for our neighbors and our friends, there are so much hurt, right? And We need that fire of God to set the grout, the great reversal, because that is the nature of his kingdom. So I just ask, and I beg, and think about those great reversals that you want to see happen, and let's, over the next few weeks, as we start to to march through this book of Acts, uh, really devote ourselves to praying for them to come about, because I don't know about you, but I'm ready to see the miracles of God show up, just like they showed up for that fringe group of a couple hundred people, right? I want, to see, I want to see God work powerfully in your guys' life. I want to see the reversal. I want to see some of our marriages that are struggling be lifted up and restored. I want to see the relationships with our kids be lifted up and restored. We dedicated these children, Lord, and we want to see them prosper. When we had people come for a breakthrough next week, but that didn't end last week. They're still in the fire. We need to lift, continue to lift them up. So I just want you to guys think about that and really join us in prayer over the next few weeks as we go, really be dedicated to that. Father, our good Father, our true Father, you heal the wounds. Lord, on this Father's Day, there's, it's hard for some of us who didn't have a real Father, but you are part of that great reversal. That where there are wounds, you provide healing. That where there is sadness, you can bring joy. That where there is hurt, Lord, you will bring restoration. We know you can do it, right? Your kingdom is one of great reversal. What do we sing about? You turn <clears throat> you turn deserts into highways, you turn seas into highways. time and time again you show up and you reverse our expectations you surprise us because there's nothing you can't do and we cry out for you and we cry out today lord and great expectation we want you to turn things around whether it's sin in our lives, broken relationships, hurt and pain with our parents, our children, homelessness in our community, hunger, for people who need to be fed, whatever it is, Father, give us the courage and the willingness to come to you in prayer and then walk with you in faith and trust so that we can turn these things around for your kingdom, for your glory. Father, we give these things to you in holy expectation that your spirit would come once again and fall on us and breathe fire into us, Lord. Not that we can speak in another language, but that we can live out your radical love for the people who need it. That we can become your radical love for the people who need it and for each other. We pray these things in your name.